Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. Alex post-editing the last episode saying I was, you know, not as high energy-wise as I normally am. I'll try to be my best. Maybe it's the new mics. They're just picking up way too much and I just don't sound as energetic as I would on the blue snowball. Maybe that, maybe that's what it is. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Alex already mentioned we have the new mics. Maybe last week also the, the topics weren't as exciting as today's are because we have a lot more topics to talk about we have the top five positional um you know our top five positional rankings or um i guess positions what are we calling it alex top five like positions that position battles thank you that's what i was gonna say top five position battles and apparently i i read off my list a little bit to alex and he said his is completely different so i guess that's something to look forward to giving us a little you know giving ourselves a little bit of praise but um yeah, Alex, it's been about a week, uh, less than that, about, I think we released last episode on Wednesday, so how you been? How was the weekend? Stuff like that. And uh, I guess we're here now recording, so how, how are you? I've been doing good. Um, training camp started. I'm excited. Fan Fest is a little more than a week away. That's exciting as well. Um, and there's just a lot going on with the Giants right now, and uh, the season's just getting closer and closer, so that's exciting. Yeah, I am as well. And obviously next week we'll be able to talk about, or maybe I guess two weeks. I wonder if we'll start doubling up, Alex. I'm, I'm wondering when we, when that double up point is obviously, uh, when, when the season began, we did one preview episode and one recap episode to each game. I think it was like Mondays and Thursdays. I don't know if we'll do that again starting soon, but I don't know if we'll double up next week, do one previewing fan fest and then post, uh, fan fest as both of our, you know, both of us are going. We'll have to figure that out, but I'm excited for the season as well. And um, if you follow us on social media, yesterday, as we're recording this on Monday uh, or Sunday, August 1st, the main rollout began on social media. If you follow us, um, you know that we had a very exciting announcement that obviously we'll still be talking about here. And Alex wanted me to give him the floor. So Alex, you have the floor. Congratulations. And you may begin. (laughs) You just made it sound like I was about to make a school presentation. 
Um, but that, that's real. Now I feel awkward. Now I feel nervous, like it's a school presentation, but in all honesty, it's nothing to be nervous about. It's actually very exciting. Um, so on Sunday, we, uh, officially started partnering with ship it studios. Um, and we're very excited to start working with them. And I think it's really going to help our giants coverage, uh, in the future with their, uh, tools. And, uh, I think it's just going to be a really good thing for the podcast and also, uh, our other two podcasts, the Talking Blues podcast and the City That Never Sleeps podcast will also be joining that family. Um, and we're just very excited for the opportunity uh, to just create better content. And uh, Josh, you have anything else? Yep. One comment right off the bat. If you were doing a school project, you said we're joining Shippet Studios. I have no idea what Shippet Studios are, is. What are they? Who are they? You Shippet... <laughs> You just gave no background. We're joining Ship It Studios. I know that every single one of you listening knows that. So just going to continue off of that and say it's going to do our podcast amazing things. You want to like explain more about what Ship It Studios is, Alex? Yes. I, for some reason, thought everyone was involved in the whole process. So they automatically knew. But obviously, they were not. Um, Ship It Studios is a network of a whole bunch of different podcasts. And they're you know growing just like we are. Uh, and it's going to be exciting to do different collabs with them. And they have a whole bunch of different uh, types of podcasts. Uh, you know, they were very big in the movie side of thing. They're really picking up their sports side of coverage as well. Uh, so it's going to be kind of cool to collab with them. They don't really have any podcasts like this one. Um, and you know, they're trying to get more like it. Um, but I think it's going to be nice to kind of have some way to cross promote. And, uh, I think there, there's going to be some opportunities that just aren't there when you're on your own. And you can go follow them on Twitter at ship it studios and obviously go to their website, which is their main form of, I guess, communication. And, um, you can reach out to them there. You can check out all their podcasts, especially the three podcasts that, uh, we have partnered with them on, like Alex said, city that never sleeps, talking blues and the giant take the three podcasts that we very much love recording. Uh, is you have access to all of them. I believe all of the episodes are there on the website, shipitstudios.com. Once again, that's shipitstudios.com. So we were very excited that we're partnering with them, like Alex said. And I think we got the announcement out of the way. Should we get right into the position battles or we save that for last and let's move through the news first that we have different... I think you save the position battles for the end. There you go. All right, so of course, we uh, happen to miss... The news that everyone was talking about last week, and now it's all news at this point, uh, the cut of Calvin Benjamin and the reason he was cut, or at least was claimed to be cut. Um, I mean, do we even go into the meme part of that? I don't- <laughs> he, was, he was cut for stealing food from the cafeteria, um, and uh, many different sources were reporting this. An actual verified NFL reporter. You sourced uh, whatever his name is, Wesley Steinberg. <laughs> I- I'm not sure if anyone's on Twitter, they know who he is, but they sourced him, or at least Giants Twitter. They sourced him as a source, and obviously he's a meme account, he's a joke account, um, and he and he got sourced by a I, I don't know who it was, but not maybe the biggest, but a verified NFL reporter, and also um, you know our friends over at Talking Giants were having some fun uh, because the Giants Insider podcast. Uh, also use that as a source as well. And uh, Justin and Bobby were having some fun with that. They were. They were. And um, uh, let's go into the real reasoning on why he was cut. Now, we don't know the exact details, but we did have an amazing article uh, by NJ.com writer Zach Rosenblatt. And we normally don't give really, we don't love to give shout outs on the podcast. Not saying that. I'm not saying like we hate everyone. 
Uh, I, I feel like I worded it that way. Um, but I really need to give a shout out. Uh, please go check out Zach Rosenblatt's article because he was able to get a hands-on interview with Calvin Benjamin the day of the, the cut. Uh, and he he had some bashing of the Giants coaching staff, but mainly Joe Judge. He had a lot of trust in Dave Gettleman as they were together in Carolina, but mainly, again, trust Joe Judge. And I don't really have much on it just besides he's he's crazy anyway. I mean, the guy was competing to make the team, didn't make the team. Now he's bashing the team the day he gets cut. So it's pretty obvious stuff. But I know Alex is more going to be upset about it. So I'm, I'm interested to hear his reactions. But we got some quotes from Calvin Benjamin that I would like to read out uh, from this uh, from what happened, I guess just to start out, he did Rick Joe judge a lot. He called the signing a hoax. Um, and he said, quote, I have a perspective on Joe judge. He's not a coach that can ever win a super bowl because he sits there and cusses all day. You can tell he's one sided about everything. He's a know-it-all. That's not how it's supposed to work. He also said, quote, I don't want to bash anyone, but I just felt like Joe judge has had it out to get me since day one. I walked into that team building. Oh, or since I walked into that team building. I don't know why I said since day one that wasn't even there. But sorry, I'm, I'm making up words now. I never felt right. The guy never even had a conversation with me until the day they signed me. Um, he also was talking about Judge Chang. Judge was like, we're going to fine you for being 17 pounds overweight. I was like, how are you going to do that, Benjamin said. I said, and this is in quotes uh, from Benjamin. I said, so you want me to be a smaller tight end? Uh, then when I played wide receiver, he had nothing to say. He quieted down. Um, and then here, Benjamin said that judge never told him Tuesday that he wouldn't be able to practice Wednesday. So he assumed he was good to go. He didn't even talk to me Tuesday. Benjamin said the day before practice, he didn't bring all of this up. I just felt like the dude didn't like me. Mr. Gettleman knew exactly what went down. It's crazy how they twisting, uh, the narrative about everything. Like it's a joke. They make it seem like we don't even matter. That's the thing about humanity man and uh there was like one other thing i was like what do you want me to do benjamin said i'm like i'm trying everything i can everything i can be here you won't even let me on the field to show what i can do i played wide receiver at 268 pounds and almost had 1000 yards in 2016 so why do you want me to come back at 251 at tight end Benjamin also claimed he didn't drop any passes in minicamp and felt like the Giants purposefully never highlighted that on social media. To be honest, man, uh, to be honest, man, I just felt like it was all a hoax, Benjamin said, of this brief time with the Giants. I feel like they didn't give me a chance. I finished the conditioning. I finished all of that. I didn't, I did want, I did what I was supposed to do. Everybody in the building was telling me I look great. They never wanted the narrative to be good at, about me. Dave was the only one that got me here. Dave knew exactly what went down. I'm a team guy. I've been on a winning team before. I get the poli- the politics uh, in the league and stuff. But the thing with me is don't sit there and try to bash my game and let the story run wild. Just tell the truth and be honest. Um, and that's about it. Basically, after that, uh, Kelvin Benjamin is going to just move back to Florida, it seems, and just relax, live his life like he was when he was retired. I will now give it to Alex as the headline is Kelvin Benjamin says head coach of the New York Giants, Joe Judge, can never win a Super Bowl with the team. Alex, your response to this? First of all, what I would say is Kelvin Benjamin, if you want to be respected and, uh, you know, paraded on social media, we can do that for you. You want to come on the Giant Take podcast? We'd be more than welcome. The amount of listens that you'd get us would be very good. We'll talk about how you had zero drops in training camp or a mini camp or whatever. 
it would be fantastic. So if you're listening, don't be afraid to hop on. But in all seriousness, Kelvin Benjamin just is like, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I don't want to use words that aren't very nice. I, I would never call someone, you know, I don't know him personally, right? He could have just had a bad day. Who knows? But what he said, I think some of it has some validity to it, some of it, and I mean some of it by like maybe 10% of what he says, but in general, he was upset. You understand it. I I would say Joe, he doesn't appreciate Joe Judge, hence why he's just talking about all the negative things about him. He's not talking about any of the positives. I I would say his comment in the like tweet that um, Zach Rosenblatt put with the article or in the retweet of the article or however he phrased it, he said, I have a pers- that I know you read this already, but I just want to read it again. I have a perspective on Joe Judge. He's not a coach that can ever win a Super Bowl because he sits there and cusses all day. That part of it, I don't think, you know, whatever. You can tell he's one-sided about everything. He's a know-it-all. That's not how it's supposed to work. And I know every Giants fan loves Joe Judge, including myself. I know Josh does. I love him. But I think there's some truth to what he's saying there. Not in terms of... He's a know-it-all, but I think in terms of how he presents himself, it kind of makes him, he kind of puts himself out there as if he is a know-it-all. I don't think he is, but I think some of the way he comes off of, some of the ways he comes off as is that way. Um, not, I'm not trying to give any validity to Kelvin Benjamin, but I think it's a valid point uh, about some, you know, last year was a rookie head coach. You know, we're going to talk about this later, but making fellow coaches run laps, making, um, you know, some of the players run laps. I don't mind that, but some of the fellow coaches, we're going to talk about that uh, later. That happened earlier today. I I think there's some bit of uh, an overego there on Joe Judge's part. But um, besides that, with everything else Kelvin Benjamin said, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. (laughs) So that's about it. I think we move on from there. I mean, my thoughts on it, Alex, is again, I, I, I'll take this with a grain of salt just because of he got cut that day. And obviously, he's going to trash the team. He, he got cut. I'm just surprised that he really did the flat out uh, NFL Network quote, breaking news, Sports Center. He'll never, you know, be a coach to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a little, right? That That's a little clickbaity. I mean, I think he did that for the views. He, he wanted some attention there. Am I wrong? Hey, he's retired. He's got to take whatever he can get now, right? He's done with football, I'm guessing, at this point. So, hey, respect to him. Trying to get his name out there, I guess. Why not? <laughs> um, we have a bit of giant signings, Alex, that we should get into now. And, and I don't know who you want to start with. Um, maybe we start with the guy who is returning once again. The running back, Alfred Morris, was signed officially by the Giants today as we record, but was interested, uh, you know, I think a few days ago. I don't think it was official until today, right? But they basically signed him like four days ago. And so they're going to bring back Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris with the New York Giants had about 55 rushes for 238 yards and a touchdown, has played most of his career with Washington. That's where he got his 1,000-yard seasons, back-to-back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, I think and two-time Pro Bowler, and then it was all downhill from there as he went to Dallas and San Francisco, then Arizona, and then back with the New York Giants um, last year. New York Giants also signed Todd Davis, who is a linebacker, and he mainly played his career. He's been in the league since 2014, played his whole career basically with the 
Denver Broncos, and then played last season with the Minnesota Vikings um, in his total career at the linebacker position. He's had about one interception, one touchdown, and how many forced fumbles? One forced fumble and three sacks. Is that it? Three sacks. 505 tackles. I guess that's what he's going for, the tackling part of it. Um, but yeah, so, this, so they signed him as well. So, so far we got two of the four down. Alfred Morris signed first to running back, and then linebacker Todd Davis was signed as well. Let's see who's next on the list. We got Joe Looney, who's a guard and center. The Giants actually tried to sign him last year, which was interesting, but he instead chose to re-sign with the Dallas Cowboys. They got him now, and obviously he's familiar um, with the Giants offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, so that's a good name. Obviously, like I just mentioned as well, he's been in the league. He's a veteran. He's played since 2012. So, I mean, he's a bit older, 6'3", 315 pounds, but I think it's good that he's a little versatile, can play guard or center uh, if we need him to. I think a good backup option, if he does make the team, I'm actually pretty excited about that because, like I said, he's a depth piece that can really help this team. Uh, And he played in a total of, or he was in a total of 104 games but started only 42 of them. And um, now he's with the New York Giants. And then finally, Damian Willis uh, was signed by the New York Giants, 6'3", 204 pounds, and he played a bunch with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2019. And um, so those are the signings by the Giants. Alex, I want you to now answer, out of all of these players that they signed, how many make the team out of the four? I, I will go after you, but I, I want to propose the question to you first. I'm going to say mm, it's difficult for me. It's between two and three. I think Alfred Morris and I think Joe Looney are locks to make the team. Alfred Morris, purely just because he was with us last year, I think he was solid last year. Um, Joe Looney, I think he makes the team just because we have very little depth on that offensive line. And I think the 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 one for me that's not completely sure, that I'm not sure about, it's Todd Davis. Depends how he performs in camp. Can he beat out the likes of Tay Crowder or Carter Coughlin? I think he could. Do I think he will? Maybe depends on how many linebackers the Giants do end up going with. Do they go with 11 like they did last year? Or do they go with a more normal number like 8, 9, maybe 10 at the most? And uh, Damian Willis, I think, has absolutely no chance of making the team. So you have Alfred Morris over Corey Clement then? you have Yes, as- pure, purely because of what he did last year. Um, mm-hmm. Alfred Morris was solid for the Giants, and I think Joe Judge knows him. And uh, I think there's probably a reason they brought him in, right? It probably is because they were not completely satisfied with what they're seeing so far from some of those backup running backs. I think maybe they can even stick with four running backs if they really needed to and keep Clement, but I feel like four is a lot as well. I can definitely see, though, Damian Willis coming on and off the practice squad the whole season never getting claimed by another team when he's on the practice squad. One, a wide receiver gets injured because that's always going to happen. And most likely Sterling Shepard will get injured again this season. Maybe Kenny Galladay will pick up an injury there. He'll come up and get his name and say, oh, he's coming off the practice squad. And he'll be like another one of those, like, I guess, mean players, which is kind of sad for that. But, you know, I feel like he could definitely, because he's only 24. So I, I can see him definitely getting signed by the Giants to the practice squad and just coming up and down, but being still when he gets called up, the fourth wide receiver, and just we'd never see him on the field. Or we see him on the field for three plays per game, and he just never gets the ball. Do you understand what I'm saying there? I, I feel like he can be definitely one of those players. I would disagree because I don't think he gets close to the practice squad, to be honest. I think you're looking at your six wide receivers. You're looking at the big four. You got Kenny Galladay, uh, 
um, oh my God, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. I think you got John Ross, either Dante Pettis, and then you've got Austin Mack. You've got, uh, um, oh my God, but yeah, Bachman. You've got David Sills. You've got, um, who was the wide receiver last year? I keep forgetting his name all the time. Yeah, and um, he actually had a pretty good like year with the team. He 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 was up a lot. He, he yeah played. before he got before he got injured. Um, yep. how do I always forget his I'll name? I'll stall Josh. while you do that. I'll I'll say the rest of my players. So I think for me, I mean for me, uh, I know we joke about that now recently. Um, yeah. So I would say that for. For me, Alex, Damian Willis is a player that I, I do see the Giants keep holding on to as like a practice squad guy, maybe. And then, oh my God, I keep on banging into this thing on the on the mic stand. I'm sorry for everyone. CJ Board, CJ Board. CJ Board, there you go. Um, so yeah, I see Damian Willis making the practice squad. Alvin Morris, I do see re-signing. And then yeah, I, I think Joe Looney. So I would say Joe Looney's a lock for me. And then... Willis maybe on the practice squad and again, maybe makes a active roster Alfred Morris, but yes, they, I think they brought him back for a reason, but I also think he could just be there to install competition on the running backs and make them feel a little bit of pressure and show that they have, you guys have to perform to be on the New York giants, you know, something like that kind of get them going a little bit, but I do like the loony signing a lot. I, for, for someone who probably won't play that much, I, I like it a little too much, but we'll have to see. And the giants also met with a, a center, Austin Ryder, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. He spent some time with the Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's been in the league for about five years. Uh, he's started about 33 games and uh, three years with the Chiefs, two years with the Browns. Uh, more recently, it's been the three. It's uh, excuse me. More recently, it's been the three years with the Chiefs in 18, 19, and 20. And uh, they met with him yesterday or two days ago on Saturday. No news on if he's been signed yet, and I'll just make sure to confirm uh, that he has not been signed yet. But I, I don't believe he's been signed yet, but he has met with the team. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, they, they met with him, but no news. And then we have good news, though, coming on the Giants. And when it comes to offensive line and the lack of depth that Alex talked about, we got a depth piece back, and that is Matt Parrott. passes physical, and he will return to the training camp field. I think we saw him on that Saturday when the New York Giants practiced in Newark. Uh, on the field for a little bit. So that was cool to see him there. And most likely, uh, according to both of us, at least, as we are you know, pro um, New York Giants guessers when it comes to who's starting and who's not, seems like he'll be a starter on that offensive line. So excited to have him back. And then one more piece on Shane Lemieux, another thing we also missed, I think that day after, same day that Kelvin Benjamin thing happened uh, where he was cut. Shane Lemieux was carted off with a knee injury. But Ian Rappaport reports, um, uh, that he'll be back, I think, what, just he'll be out for just a couple of weeks. Following a battery of tests, it was determined no surgery was needed, which is a major sigh of relief after the, uh, Lemieux was carted off recently. So there's the two news pieces for that when it comes to our offensive linemen. But yeah, lack of death, some injuries there, but luckily we got Matt Pear back, um, and then Shane Lemieux shouldn't be out that long. Important for that offensive line, obviously. They need time to practice together. They need time to gel. They're young. We don't have much depth, so the less that get injured, the much, much better for this team uh, in order to make that goal of becoming an average offensive line or a satisfactory offensive line uh, in the NFL. Um, Blake Martinez, obviously, was put on the COVID list, is returning from that COVID list quarantine, whatever he was doing. Um, and, uh, he is back with the team. He apparently was on all the meetings, even while he was, uh, out. 
So hopefully he hasn't lost out on much, but he needs to get back into uh, fitness and getting back with the team. So to recap of all the kind of stuff we've talked about so far, Giants have signed linebacker Todd Davis, guard Joe Looney, wide receiver Damian Willis, and uh, running back Alfred Morris. And uh, they've hosted or plan to host QB Sean Mannion, and uh, obviously who they've all he's already been hosted Austin Ryder uh, of the Ch- or former Chief, and Matt Pert uh, Matt Pert will be coming off the PUP list, and Blake Martinez will be coming off the COVID list and joining the team once again. And now um, we're going to kind of talk about some stuff that's not really news, just more stuff that we noticed based on or other people have noticed based on watching training camp. Um, Kadarius Tony is still not practicing. He's taking camp slow so far, um, and we're not sure if he's going to be able to return anytime soon for the pad sec- or uh, the pads and helmet, or they're obviously wearing helmets, the pad section that'll start on Tuesday or today when you're listening to this. And uh, also Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay are off to a sloppy start, and they have been spending time after practice, you know, trying to build a connection there. Um, but during practice, they have been off the mark. And uh, Daniel Jones does not look super great so far in training camp, according to a lot of the beat reporters who have been watching. Um, you know, I know there's lots of people who don't, you know, believe some of these guys who are out there watching. They're just there for a story, blah, 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 blah. But I think there's some truth to it if all of them are saying it. Um, and, you know, those two are just not getting off to the best start. So it's unfortunate. But then again, it's only day, whatever, four or five training camps. So can't read too much into it. The thing that really worries me out of the two of them, I mean, it's only two things, but the thing that worries me more, I guess I should say, is Kadarius Tony's issue um, with not training with the team. Obviously, as a rookie, as our first round pick rookie, it's especially troubling that he's not practicing with the team yet and off to a slow start. The COVID thing already got me where it's like, oh no, I really hope like this doesn't happen. You know, and it, it doesn't keep him out for weeks. And then it so far has, and he's still not taxing and pads because as rookies, obviously you need to know Alex, they need to memorize the playbook as well as learn it with their teammates and get used to them. And yeah, maybe they're hanging out off the field. Maybe him and Daniel Jones are building a connection. Maybe him and the other wide receivers are building a connection out of the building. Then in the building and on the field, he's not doing that connection. And I think that's the most important thing. There's a difference between off field chemistry and on field chemistry. If Daniel Jones and him aren't on the same page on the field, we're going to see incomplete passes. We're going to see interceptions. We're going to see Kadarius Tony not turning when he's supposed to be catching the ball or when Daniel Jones thinks he's going to turn back on a curl route. We need that to be pat down. Yes, I know people are going to say, what are you talking about, Josh? These are NFL players. They should know this already. That's true, but they're people. They're humans, right? They need to know what someone else is thinking when they're thinking that. And you get that connection when you're on the field. Kadarius Tony is not on the field right now. And that's a problem. So that really, that that's troubling to me. The second thing, Daniel Jones, I feel like we always have this theme every, every, every uh, training camp that I think it was last season or two seasons ago. Um, he was throwing a lot of interceptions during training camp and we were all worried, oh my God, is this going to be like an awful interception year? And I mean, he's always been up there when it comes to interceptions, I feel like. But obviously we have the rookie six round pick or Darius Williams. That'll maybe help him on the cornerback stock list for the New York Giants. Had an interception in the red zone. Um, and then Odori Jackson, I know, had an interception as well. But I mean, this is supposed to be his year, right? He he kind of he kind of needs to break out, right? He he. You can say that 
three years ago, just you didn't have the best wide receiver core. Maybe two years ago, or, or last year, excuse me, two years ago, didn't have the best wide receiving core. Last year was learning the new playbook. Again, didn't have the best wide receivers. And now this year, this is it. This is his prove it year. So for now, you know, for for me to hear that he's misfiring a ball to Evan Ingram or the, the ball was knocked down at the line of scrimmage or Logan Ryan came up with an end zone interception, you know, it's just, it's, it's worrying, but it's something that I already feel like we knew about. And I feel like we, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, Alex, your thoughts on these two guys, but I've stated mine and I think I made my thoughts clear. I, I mean, I agree with you. I don't know what the, you know, it's early in training camp. He doesn't, he's new with a lot of these players. I, I'm I'm not going to make excuses for him right now. We'll have to see when he gets on the field week one, what he really looks like. Um, but besides that, I don't really care uh, how he does in training camp, as long as he puts his foot forward and steps up when it really matters. Um, Joe Judge today or Monday, uh, when we're recording this, made the entire foot, Alex. I'm sorry, I don't mean to to cut you off. What foot? You just said hopes he put a f- he puts a foot forward. It's best foot, best foot forward, right? I can't I even mean, talk. What would he? Well, it wouldn't be forward if it was a bad foot. Then that would be a foot backwards. How do you know your worst foot forward? You can do that. All right. You know what? The people understood what I was trying to say. I know. I just needed you to express because, you know, maybe there's a little like Confusion. something there. What, do you, what, would, what would be the something that's there? That's what I'm interested about. I don't know. Normal people would say put his best foot forward when you just said, I hope he puts his foot forward. Where like, no, I don't, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Okay. And why is that? It? Why like, okay. <laughs> Just just continue about the Joe Judge laps. I, I do like the story, so go ahead. All right, so Joe Judge made the entire defense today, Monday, when we're recording this, like I said before, including the coaches run a lap, or the defensive coaches run a lap due to a substitution error on the defensive side. Um, so there was a video, all the defensive players were running, including each positional defensive coach. Uh, I didn't see Patrick Graham running. He might have been, he might not have been. But yeah, they were all running. Kind of weird, very awkward. You make your fellow coworkers run. There's a difference between making your players run, your coaches run. I don't know. Rub me the wrong way. I don't really like how he's making the coaches run. Now, what I would like to think about here is, and I think we should brainstorm, what do we think the coaches said to each other after this? So, you know, they go to their rooms. And I'm guessing like one of them had to like text the group chat of defensive coaches and be like, hey, meet in my office. Let's talk about this. And they all met in maybe maybe Pat Graham's office or something. Now, what the hell are they saying to each other that their head coach just embarrassed them and made them run laps? Now, this could also be just because, you know, Joe Judge was like, hey, guys, just just do this. It'll it'll you know, it'll um, what, what's the word I'm trying to think? It'll like put in a mentality, but it, there's a word I'm trying to, I'm trying to say it'll insert. I think that's what I mean to say. It'll like insert a mentality of like, you know, when we mess up, we run laps, which everyone already knows. But if the coaches do, maybe the players are like, wow, he really had his coworker coaches do that, you know, or did Joe judge literally just say like you guys too. And they weren't even thinking about it. What do I, I just can't imagine like if they, if this wasn't like stage, right. And they, and they didn't know, and Joe Judge literally told them, like, when the players started running, they, he looked at them and said, no, you guys too. 
what could they have said to each other, either in the text group chat or all together in one of their offices after like, what the hell did he just make us do? And if one of them were, was bold enough to go up to him and question him about the, the thing, that's what I really want to know. I need to know this behind the scenes stuff. There's got to be a book written about Joe Judge and what happens there. I mean, I understand part of it because, right, the coaches need to take responsibility for their players not doing the right thing and being bad at substituting in training camp. But, I mean, that's how you install, uh, you know, coordination and making sure that everyone's together and working together. So I, I get it, but I don't know what the coaches would say. I don't really care as long as they don't end up leaving. <laughs> it's keeping the coaches healthy too. I mean, Hey, Pat Graham lost a lot of weight this summer, by the way. I'm not sure if you saw the pictures, but Pat Graham looks mm-hmm. like a complete different person. Good for him. Him and Joe Judge have been hitting the weight room. Maybe Joe Judge has been having him run laps. <laughs> Maybe that. Pat Graham is just like texting him. Hey, do you have like the ice cream that, you know, last night? This is like, you know, in June. And he's like, ice cream, what ice cream? Run a lap. And she's like pushing him off the pushing him off the weight. Definitely just Joe Judge and Pat Graham exchanging lap calls. Just you run a lap. No, you run a lap. Um, that that that's just something I would imagine. You ready to go on to the positional matchups, the battles? Yes. You want me to start? I'll start. So I we don't have these in any particular order. We just have five of our positional matchups. And apparently, according to Alex, they are two very different things. I don't know which gonna which one is going to sound more legit or better. I don't know if Alex is gonna sound like better than mine or mine's gonna sound better, but whatever it is, I'll just go and we'll go from there. I have tight end Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph just because, as we know, Evan Ingram drops balls constantly and now he finally has a backup tight end that can take his place because Kyle Rudolph has had many years as a number one tight end and can very well jump into that number one spot being called on at any time I think for right now Evan Ingram still has that number one spot locked up but if we do see some drops in training camp in preseason games or in the early weeks of camp or in the early weeks of the regular season excuse me I think Kyle Rudolph can start and, and uh, slot into that number one spot, and maybe Evan Ingram falls down the depth chart. We'll have to wait and see, but that's my number five. Number four, it's nothing specifically when it comes to players. It is just cornerbacks in general. I think we mentioned this before. I think I've mentioned this before. The New York Giants heading into this season are absolutely stacked at the cornerback position, and this means that some people have to sit and some people yeah, well, not start basically. Um, and that could include the number one, uh, the number six uh, round pick, Rodarius Williams, who had an interception in training camp. Maybe that, you know, puts him higher, but who knows? We know that the James, that uh, James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson are most likely the starters. We know that Darnay Holmes will most likely start at that slot position. Where does Isaac Yonam fit, though? Where does Sam Beal fit? Obviously, he missed last season because of COVID 19. He opted out. We have Aaron Robinson, the third round rookie. Where is he going to fit? Is he going to, you know, kind of mix it up, mix, mix and match? Maybe Holmes is de- on in on downs first and and second down, and then Aaron Robinson comes in. But I feel like Aaron Robinson likes to play the outside, right? So I don't know if does he play the slot? Alex, does Aaron Robinson play the slot? I feel like he. Aaron plays Robinson outside. is a primarily slot wide receiver, a uh, si- cornerback. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. That maybe him and. and and he will play cornerback for the New York Giants, a slot corner. Yeah, I'm sure. So maybe him and Darnay Holmes switch off. So, so that's a big thing. That that's my uh, my my two. And then where is Rodarius Williams going to fit in that? Because obviously he was a draft pick for a reason. 
And then I'll just do three just because it's a funny one that I want to throw in here. I really do think, though, that even though it is funny, the punter situation, Riley Dixon did not have a good season last year. Ryan Santoso can be a versatile kicker or punter. Which one are you going to need? Obviously, Graham Gano, he's not going to be a kicker, but he could very well be our punter. I don't think it will happen. I very much doubt it, but I hope like if Riley Dixon has a really bad week one or something, well, I don't hope that he has a really bad week one, but if he does, I I would like the Giants to cut him like immediately and just bring up Santosa from the practice squad or something and say, yep, you try it, see what, see what happens. So that's my five, four, and three. Go ahead, Alex. All right. So for me, for me, my, I, again, we don't have these in any order, right? So it's kind of weird how to do it. I'm just going to go from quite literally the list in which I wrote them. So for my number one, I have Aaron Robinson versus Darnay Holmes, that slot wide, uh, slot cornerback. Why do I keep saying slot wide receiver? Slot cornerback role. Aaron Robinson, obviously the third round draft pick that we traded up for this past season or this uh, in this last draft. Darnay Holmes, fourth round pick in the previous draft. Darnay Holmes got a lot of time starting at that slot corner position due to the fact that the Giants really just didn't have anyone to play that position last season. And uh, he had, you know, kind of a sloppy start in the beginning, but he definitely excelled toward the end of the season. It was a big part of why that secondary was so successful last year. So I think that matchup is going to be an interesting one and to see who wins that battle. I think Darnay Holmes, for me, wins the battle. I think Aaron Robinson, especially considering he's still injured right now and he's having issues with his uh, health, I think uh, Darnay Holmes is going to win this one. But uh, it's definitely an interesting one to look out for. And uh, the second one I have here, Julian Love and Xavier McKinney. So this isn't necessarily for a starting role. I think this is kind of the battle of the flex, uh, flexible secondary spot here. Julian Love, we know he can play. We saw him play on the outside corner. We've seen him play in the slot. We've seen him play safety. Xavier McKinney, we've seen him play safety uh, corner and slot corner in college. So we know he's able to do it as well. Which one of those guys is going to win out that battle for Hey, one position's empty here. We got an injury here. Who's going to fill in that position? Which one's it going to be, Julian Love or Xavier McKinney? And for my third one here, Carter Coughlin and Tay Crowder. Um, for that inside linebacker role, who's going to be uh, Blake Martinez's second option there, the second option behind Blake Martinez? If we're going to have two inside linebackers out there at the same time, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Carter Coughlin, who's newly converted to that position, or is it going to be Tay Crowder? who was quite successful last season, but then once again is Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, so he doesn't have the highest stock, but could he uh, break out like he was last season? And I will complete my list now. So the number two is, obviously it's not like we like Alex said, it's not in order fully, but my number two is nose tackle. Danny Shelton and Austin Johnson, obviously Danny Shelton was brought in. I think he played mainly with the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. And Austin Johnson has been with his team and been starting uh, and was starting pretty consistently last season. So who's going to fit in that nose tackle role? We'll have to wait and see. I don't really have much when it comes to stats on this. I know Danny Shelton's a more of a veteran and they've signed him as a free agent. So that could maybe just indicate right there. But also a veteran on the New York Giants is Austin Johnson. So maybe he takes the role. I'm very excited to see who, who starts more. Maybe they split. We'll see. And then my number one, and I think it would be a number one if I did like an actual top five, is the slot wide receiver. Obviously, Sterling Shepard is the big one, was the best wide receiver on the New York Giants last year, I believe, when it comes to stats. I don't know for sure, though. 
and I think we talked about this recently on the podcast in a Sports Illustrated article. Sterling Shepard did uh, actually mention in one of his press conferences he does mostly uh, play the slot and was the most productive in the slot, but he did say he is looking forward to moving around the Giants' offense this season. So that leads to, to the question: Who will play the slot wide receiver? Is it Darius Slayton? Darius Slayton, excuse me. Is it Sterling Shepard? Is it Kadarius Tony? Which I think the big one. It's either Shepard or Tony. Who is that slot wide receiver? Or is it John Ross if he makes a team? That's the biggest one for me. And uh, yeah, so that's my top five Giants position battles. So for my final two, my uh, second to most important one or whatever, second second down from the bottom on the list here. Uh, I have Lemieux, Hernandez, Fulton, and Wiggins for those two guard spots, Who, which two are going to emerge. Could Nick Gates be sliding out there with the addition of Looney, uh, who could play center, or he could be in the guard mix. But out of those four, who's going to get those starting spots? The favorites, obviously, Lemieux and Hernandez. Fulton, a nice established veteran, he could get in there. Wiggins also has been taking those starter reps ahead of Fulton when Lemieux went down with that injury. So who knows what's going to happen there. Um, And then for my final one, this is an interesting one. This isn't as much about a position battle. I think this one is more about how is this Giants offense planning to line up this upcoming season. And my matchup here is Toy Lolo and Caden Smith. For that tight end number three, if we're only going with three tight ends, who is it going to be as that tight end three? And not as much about who it is, but I think this will give us a big indicator on why, uh, on what the Giants offense is planning to look like for this upcoming season. I think if you see Toilolo selected, I think you're going to see similar to last year. I think you're going to see mostly a run first offense. I think you're going to see Saquon Barkley taking the head of the load as was planned last year before he went down in week two. I think that would be what you're seeing more of a run heavy offense and really trusting that offensive line to get the job done. And I think if you're choosing Caden Smith, I think Jason Garrett and that offense is going to be more pass heavy. We obviously brought in Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph came in. So we have more weapons in the passing game. Could though, could that indicate uh, that we're looking for more, uh, more for something like that and more of uh, kind of some of the offenses we've seen Jason Garrett run in Dallas and I think that's going to be a big indicator, uh, not as much as who gets the spot, but in what way this offense is going to shape up to be this upcoming season. And we have run through all the Giants news and top five position battles that we have for today. But before we close it out, there's one more thing I want to mention, and that is I miss Carson Wentz, man. I miss that man in the NFC East. Carson Wentz, if I don't know if many, you know, many people just follow Giants news, I'm sure they follow all NFL news well today on Monday. We found out that quarterback Carson Wentz, we knew a few days ago that he sustained an injury, but what we did not know is that Carson Wentz did in fact get a injured foot, which is going to result in a surgery to prepare that injured foot. Um, he will have surgery to prepare to repair a broken bone in his foot today and the time frame is a wide window of five to 12 weeks now if you remember the indianapolis colts as a backup selected jacob eason in the fourth round out of the in 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 this last draft in 2020 i think he played at um washington and georgia eason so i guess good job by the colts to kind of plan this in advance but once again the man of injuries the man of talents and the man of injuries 
He can throw really well. He's a great quarterback when he's not injured, but when he is injured, he's injured. And he's once again injured. And this wide window is insane because he could be back by the start of the regular season and be fine. And we don't even talk about it or it could be out until late October, which is the 12 week uh, part of that. For me, that's just, that's crazy. Alex, I mean, you have any thoughts? I, I, yeah, uh, it's just, it's just hilarious to me at this point. Um, I feel bad, but it's, it's also, I mean, the guy was on the Eagles. So how can I really feel bad for this man? even if he's not on the Eagles anymore. It looks like Jacob Eason's going to be that starter, Indianapolis Colts. I, I I have a heart, so I do feel partially bad for him. Um, I also feel like he's had this coming. He's dealt with injuries his entire career. Not saying he's had this coming because it sounds like he deserved it, but he didn't. But, you know, it, it's something they used to think of when you're looking at Carson Wentz, when you trade for Carson Wentz, that that should be something at the top of your mind. And sadly... Um, it's going to affect the Colts this season. We'll see how Jacob Eason does. I think he's actually a promising quarterback. I think he could surprise some people, but uh, who knows? I'm not sure if the Colts are going to be in as good of a position as we thought they were going to be uh, with Carson Wentz, despite his unreliability last season. Yeah, and I think they did plan ahead, though, with that, Alex. Like you were saying, when you trade, you got to have like a backup plan, plan B, and they did. I mean, they, they selected Eason, although it was later. He's still a pretty decent quarterback from when I saw his highlights in college, so that's pretty cool. Another thing I just saw, though, Alex, is um, Danny Shelton did like a barrel roll. Either that he was like actually doing that or he full on fell. But he like there was a video recorded by Pat Leonard of the New York Daily Post, and he literally fell when trying to run around the end zone doing his laps, which is pretty funny. Um, I guess that's where we'll end this podcast. We thank you so much for listening to this one. Um, once again, follow Ship It Studios at Ship It Studios and then check them out, shipitstudios.com. You can check out our podcast, all the links there. Uh, and there will be a blog section so you can have all the links for when we re- release our episodes. So just check out, see our tweet. We'll probably link it in the tweet to, to the new episode page. So we're really excited to be partnering with them. We thank them for the mics that they sent us and uh, we're, we hope to do some fun stuff on their end as well. You can follow our podcast at the Giant Take Pod. Follow Alex on Twitter at adorian 23 I'm on Twitter at JoshSolo29. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Rate us five stars. And we will see you for next week's episode just before Giants Fan Fest. We'll preview that a little bit and other news that happens uh, throughout this next week of training camp. We'll see you then. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.